Friends podcast. I'm your host, Katherine Singer. I'm a Christian writer and blogger living in the beautiful state of Alaska. I'm also a trauma survivor and a mental health advocate. I've been through some tough things in my life, and I'm sure you have too. Grace Moments is about helping you hold on to belief in your darkest hours, embrace hope by knowing your suffering is never wasted, and be inspired by the stories of others who have survived their own tragedy. Life, however difficult, can be a meaningful journey, and I'm here to walk it with you, so let's do this together. So there's this pile of stuff I've been avoiding dealing with for some time. To me, it signifies an ending. And somehow, by putting off the fact that I need to sort through it, I think I feel like I can delay the inevitable a bit. It has to do with a former job, one that, while challenging, was also incredibly meaningful and consumed over eight years of my life. It also had its share of unexpected complications, which ultimately led me to resign and follow God's call to head elsewhere. I have mixed emotions when I look at that pile of stuff. I know I need to take the time to deal with it, but I just keep finding reasons not to. Everything reminds me of what was. My old briefcase, the files of paperwork and documents, business cards, endless reminders of the past. And it's funny that even though I know I'll never need all of this most likely, there's a part that still wants to hang on to it anyway. A part that simply won't let the past go. The idealist in me still finds itself mentally wandering back and wondering how or if things could have gone differently. The perfectionist in me sees unfinished business and the potentialist in me feels the pull to go back and try a new approach. And even though staring at that pile of stuff does nothing positive for me and that it probably prolongs my agony in transitioning to something new, I still can't quite bring myself to sit down and face it. It's like I'm afraid of finally closing that chapter, even though I'm at peace with the fact that I need to. I think all of us have our own pile of stuff in the sense that we've got areas of our life, externally or internally, that we just can't get up the courage to address. Sometimes we may come close, only to abandon the project once again and leave it for another day. Maybe it's going through an attic or garage full of junk, cleaning out a closet after a loved one's passing, redoing a child's bedroom after they've moved out, or throwing away broken items you meant to repair, but realistically never will get around to. Maybe it's actually a hard conversation you've needed to have, but can't quite get up the nerve to begin. Maybe it's an event in the past that you struggle to come to terms with and admit its impact on your life. Whatever the case, each of us has some hard thing in our life that we're afraid to tackle, something that we know holds us back, but we just can't find it in ourselves to face. And it eats at us, nags at us, bothers us continuously. But still, we put it off, delay what we know is coming. And I wonder why it is that holding on like this is so important to us. Why it's so hard for us to let go of things or situations, even when we know it's the right thing to do. As I've asked myself this so many times, I've come to realize that much of it centers around fear. And I've identified a few ways in which this fear drives our inability to turn loose and move forward. Number one, we're afraid that if we let go, we'll lose certain positives like memories and feelings that we associate with that thing or person or situation. 
I've gotten stuck on this so many times in relation to stuff I've struggled to release in my life. I think back of what I enjoyed in that particular season, the people connected with it, the good times experienced in it, the life lessons learned through it. And somehow by sitting down and confronting the necessary ending of that life chapter, I feel that I will lose those positives that I gained. I'll lose a connection with the past that meant so much to me. My fear of how things might change blocks me from being objective about the situation and causes me to imagine this ending will lead to other endings tied to it. And so I attempt to talk myself out of dealing with it because it feels like too much trouble, too much drama, too much loss. And in so doing, I forget that most of the positives in terms of relationships, personal growth, great memories, will all likely continue even after I've turned loose of that situation or thing. What's meant to remain will remain, and nobody can take the important parts away from me. When I back out of the situation long enough to be reminded of this, it gets a little easier to think about going through that infamous pile of stuff, because I realize that in this particular aspect, my fear is largely unfounded. Number two, we're afraid that we'll lose a piece of the person we were during that chapter of our life. Gosh, friends, is this ever a hard one. I think we'd all agree that whenever a life transition takes place, we change as a person, for the better or worse, because of that twist taking place in our story. Whether it's something we asked for or something that just happened to us, we morph into different people as a result of what has happened. And the reality of this can often keep us from taking important and courageous steps forward after such a transition has taken place. Deep inside, we know that once we acknowledge that ending, life will never be exactly the same again. Especially if that chapter of our lives was super wonderful, we grieve that such happy times have come to an end. We want to continue experiencing all the great parts of how that time made us feel. It's only natural to wish the best things could go on forever. In some cases, some people become bitter and take their sense of loss out on other related or non-related situations or people. They look for something or someone to blame for having spoiled their happy place, and they liked it the way it was before everything changed. In other cases, the healthier ones determine this latest change is just another stepping stone into something better, and they choose to move through the transition in a fruitful way and let it transform them for good. Whichever way we've chosen to cope with that transition in our lives, it is an unavoidable fact that we can never go back to exactly who we were or where we were once we've been asked to go on. Even though we may be excited about the future or where we're headed next, there will always be a part of us that misses what we had back there. And the sheer reality of this truth can cause us to back away from facing and acknowledging the transition and letting go as needed in the situation. Humans love predictability, but if life shows us anything, it's that it's anything but predictable. And if you aren't willing to accept that fact, you'll probably avoid doing the hard things because you don't want to go through the change you know is coming within yourself. Number three, we're afraid of how we'll be perceived by others. Often we shy away from dealing with what's holding us back because we're concerned about how it'll appear to others around us. If we know we'll be supported and encouraged in our efforts to let go, we're more likely to find the courage to take that step. But if we aren't sure about how they'll take it once we tell or show them what we've decided to do, 
we can sometimes use that as an excuse not to tackle it in the first place. A good example is sorting through a deceased loved one's things or even redoing a child's room after they've moved out. In our mind, we can hear the voices of others weighing in on our decision to process what is left behind. In the case of the deceased loved one's possessions, we hear relatives or friends telling us it's too soon to deal with them, or maybe you didn't get a jump on it fast enough. Maybe some want the stuff to be thrown out, but you want to give it to the homeless shelter. Maybe you want to keep a few choice things, but they say to get rid of everything. Start over. With a child's room, you wonder if that kid will be okay when they come back home and realize everything is different. Or you think about the friends or family who say to keep it as it is. The fact that we as humans often like to impose our ideas on other people and expect them to take our advice as the be-all, end-all makes it difficult for us to hear our own intuition or to hear the voice of God leading us to do or not do a certain thing. And the real fact of the matter is this. We're great at taking on other people's lives and terrible at living our own. Peer pressure is a real thing, and we can find ourselves being swayed by perceptions and opinions of others, voiced or unvoiced, that cause us to second-guess our decisions and perhaps not follow through on that thing we know we ought to do, all because we want to be accepted. We want to please people. We want everyone involved to be happy. So we don't trust our own sense of what we feel the Spirit is telling us is right. The fact we may appear weak or vulnerable or unloving or uncaring or whatever can keep us from diving into that hard thing we've been putting off. And so the pile of stuff grows and the fear grows and we never get anywhere. Number four, we're afraid of what the future holds. So it feels more comfortable and easy to linger in the space that's known, even if it's not healthy for us. I'm sure you've had your share of situations like this, whether it was a significant other that you knew you had to break up with, a job you knew you had to quit, a bad habit you knew you should ditch, relational boundaries you needed to set, a deep hurt you ought to address, a step of faith you've been prompted to take, a church you felt you had to walk away from, or a commitment you knew you should end. You can probably think of some time in your life where you came up on something that left you feeling suspended between what was and what was next. That's kind of how I felt staring at that pile of stuff. While I know I'm not supposed to go backward into what I just stepped out of, I'm also not exactly clear yet on where I'm headed next. So I'm tempted to go back to what I know simply because it was familiar. Never mind the fact that I walked away for important reasons and with the peace of God leading the way. I still feel a pull because it was known. Most likely, you know exactly what I'm talking about, and perhaps you're even there yourself right now. You're uncertain about the future and what letting go of that situation or person or thing will mean for your life going forward. And because God has you waiting on the next life assignment, the next job, the next relationship, the next church, the next better thing, you'd rather not do the hard thing then face your own restlessness and trust God for what is ahead. Rather than believe that what's to come will be even more, because God only gives good gifts to his own, you'd rather settle for average or less than because it's what you know. I'm reminded of the Israelites in the Bible after God let them out of Egypt. After displaying his power by dividing the Red Sea so they could cross over, after meeting so many of their needs in the wilderness, the people complained that they no longer had leeks and onions as they did in Egypt. We sit here and chuckle and think, really? 
after God just delivered you from captivity, you're wishing you were back there with leeks and onions? And yet how often do we do the same? How often are there times in our lives where God is leading us toward greater freedom, but because we haven't arrived there yet at our own land flowing with milk and honey, we'd rather go back into the things that had us in bondage, to ourselves, to others' expectations, to unhealthy relationships. We'd rather turn around and undo everything that God has done on our behalf simply because we aren't willing to trust Him for what's next. Our fear of the future keeps us pinned down to situations we actually need to break free of. We forget that we're heading into a new promised land of our own. We convince ourselves that because Jesus isn't moving fast enough getting us there, we should abandon the adventure altogether and just head back or stay where we are. But what if the very things we're so afraid to let go of are actually the very means and only means for our deliverance? What if we're literally refusing to accept the way that leads to our best life to come, all because we're shaking in our boots about taking the required leap of faith? I recently came across a fascinating scripture verse tucked away in Luke chapter 9. Jesus has been teaching all about discipleship and what it means to fully and completely follow him. Earlier in the chapter, he's uttered the oft-quoted passage about denying yourself, taking up your cross, and following him. He's gone on to talk about all the distractions that keep us from following him, giving up earthly possessions, giving up social responsibilities, giving up the need to have peer acceptance and permission. And now he finishes his teaching by saying one final statement, and it is profound. Listen to this, friend. Verse 62. No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. Jesus pulls an agricultural analogy here by giving the image of somebody tilling a field for planting. Think about this. If you're going to plow rows in which to cultivate a crop, you need to be driving that tractor or tiller in a straight line. You need to be focused on what's ahead of you instead of looking back over your shoulder at where you've been. As soon as you start to focus too much on what's in the rearview mirror, you'll start to go adrift in the direction you're moving now. Jesus makes the point that if you're always looking behind you and focusing on what's in the past, if you're holding on to things or situations or people that you need to turn loose of, your usability for the kingdom of God will be compromised. Wow! Perhaps this is what Paul was talking about in Philippians 3, 13-14 when he wrote, Forgetting the things which are behind and stretching forward to the things which are before, I press on toward the goal for the prize, of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I doubt that he meant literally forgetting everything in your past, because we are created beings who are made to remember. Memories stay with us, and that's where spiritual discernment comes into play. There's a healthy reflection all of us should do regarding our lives and our story, whether good times are hard, mistakes or successes. It's okay to think back on where we've been. That's how we can properly grieve losses and find our way forward in new seasons. We should think back on things that matter to us. But there's an unhealthy reflection too, and that's what we've been addressing today. That part of us that likes to set up tent stakes and camp out in places that are safe and comfortable and acceptable in our own view and maybe that of others. That part of us that would rather live with a pile of stuff and live with our fears about dealing with it then actually summon up the courage to get real and honest with it in the first place. We're coming up on a new year, and everyone is more than ready to turn the page and start afresh. 
particularly after the last couple of years, people are longing for a new beginning. All the New Year's resolutions are being thrown out there, which, as we all know, likely will be abandoned within a few weeks or months of January 1st. Maybe you even have a few of them yourself. And while it's great to set goals for certain things you want to improve or change in the year to come, might I leave you today with a different kind of challenge, one that, if you take it, just may end up altering everything else in your life, and it's one I intend to take myself. Why don't we make the decision to deal with our respective pile of stuff? I know for me, I keep telling myself that I'll do it when I'm ready, but the truth is I may never actually be fully ready especially because it's hard. Nobody is probably ever completely prepared for a hard thing, and if I keep putting it off until I'm supposedly ready, that day may never come, and the pile will still be sitting there, and my fears about dealing with it will have grown. So why don't you and I agree that at some point in 2022, we will face whatever it is we've been dreading. Whatever it is we're avoiding sorting through, we're going to find the courage to face it, it may take a few cups of our favorite coffee or a glass of wine or some chocolate or the perfect music playlist or whatever to psych us up to do it, but it's necessary and it's important, and it's what leads us in the end to greater freedom and usability for God. Let's agree that we're going to hold on to the good we gain from that season of life while also admitting that that situation or person or thing has run its course and it's time to let go. Let's not be afraid of how we'll change or how we'll be perceived for having taken that step. And let's be willing to wait patiently for what's next and not keep running back to the familiar simply because it's what you and I have known. I'm not giving us a timeline to do this, but let's agree that with God's help, it'll happen sometime during this new year, that we'll shed the weight we've been carrying because of that pile of stuff and tackle whatever it is that we've been putting off for too long. Whether it's cleaning out that closet or attic space, booking that counselor's appointment, having that hard conversation, walking away from that unhealthy relationship, moving to a new state, resigning from a job, or just getting real with yourself, Jesus is calling all of us to better and holier things. And that begins by exercising obedience in choices and actions such as these. Daphne Rose Kingma said it well when she wrote, Holding on is believing that there's only a past. Letting go is knowing that there's a future. And perhaps that's really what it all comes down to. Having faith that where you're being guided is more important than staying where you've been. That the future your God is creating is more worth it than settling for the you that's here today or the you that was yesterday. So here's to a new year and a new beginning. To turning loose of what's been keeping us from becoming all that we're meant to be. Here's to embracing a life less cluttered by the past, but enhanced by the good we've brought forward from it. And here's to all of us brave souls out there, doing our best to get up the nerve to tackle the pile of stuff and release ourselves from the difficult transitions, hard goodbyes, and straight-up fears that have hindered us from moving forward. Let this be our moment, when we chose to give ourselves permission to address what we've been avoiding and to embrace the good that's to come because of it. so much for listening. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to this podcast as well as leave a review. If you want to read additional content, please visit and subscribe to my blog 
at www.graceopens.blogspot.com. You can also connect with me on social media via Twitter at OpenToGrace2015, Instagram and Parlor at OpenToGraceAlaska, and on MeWe under my name, Katherine Singer. I'll see you in the next episode, and remember, Grace will always meet you where you are. Thank you.